You're listening to the Transform Your Nutrition Podcast with your hosts, Rebecca Heald and Jeff Ash. Our purpose is to help individuals and families transform their relationships with food and develop healthy bodies, minds, and attitudes, all without restriction, guilt, or shame. And we are live. Hello and happy Friday. Yes. Hello. It is a happy Friday so far. Yes, it is. It's a weird Friday so far. I'm going to be typically British and talk about the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been like, it's like, to be fair, I must watch out for rainbows because my youngest Leo would be super excited about that because it's like one minute it's like really dark and cloudy and raining, then it's sunny and then it's raining. It's just, yeah, it's just crazy today. But um, yeah, at least the children are a little bit calmer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's always a good thing. That that yeah. helps with uh, when you have other things that you need to take care of. So are you, yeah, so everything's good with you today, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, so far, um, got a busy day ahead, but uh, but yeah, it, uh, it's a good Friday. I'm glad that the, that the weekend's coming up and have a few little projects around the house to do this weekend, but. Uh, yeah. Oh! Oh, we've got a visitor. We've got a visitor. Sorry. So, yeah, that does. um, We are currently in isolation again. Um, So, yeah, not. I mean, the kids would be at home anyway, probably being the holidays, which is going to link nicely with our topic today. Uh Um, But Luca is vlogging our isolation journey so far. (laughs) If anybody's interested, go check it out on YouTube. Um, Luke is uploading videos every day of our journey. And as you can see, he's still not dressed because we yes. are. We live in isolation in full. <laughs> yeah. All right, darling. So anyway, yes. Um, hello, everybody who is watching. I hope if you are there and you're watching us right now, please do comment, say hello. If you're watching the replay, then please hashtag replay and post any comments or questions. We will get back to you as always. Um, But we're here again for another live. We go live most Fridays. I would say probably every Friday. I don't think Mm -hmm. any at all, have we, Jeff? So around Friday lunchtime, we are coming to you live to discuss health, nutrition, fitness, of course, we usually start with a topic just to get things started. Hi, Matthew. Thanks for joining us. But if you've got any questions whatsoever, if you've got any any comments or anything related to nutrition, health, fitness that you want us to answer that's not related to anything we're talking about, then just pop your comments in the comment section. And just a little, I usually say, I usually leave this till the end, but I did just want to say, because I've been working really, really hard um, this week on the content for it, but I've got a group program starting on Monday, six week group program. I'm still looking for some men to join me. It's going to be a program for men who are super, super busy, who want to increase their energy levels. And I actually do still have one place left at half price and I've been working and I've been sharing some of the content with you haven't I Jeff because I'm going to be using a new platform for this and of course it's going to include my signature coaching and so it really is great value for money with it being the first time that I've run this program so if anybody's watching and would like to know more bargain price um, then please do comment or drop me a message and I will send you all the details anyway that's my shameless plug (laughs) <laughs> well, it definitely looks really good. So I've I've seen the content and it looks like it's going to be fantastic. And the and the delivery platform through the app is going to be fantastic. I think that's going to be really helpful for people that that are on the go or and, and convenience and uh, as well as just the quality of it. So it looks great. Yeah, I wanted to, to make sure that it was some it would keep people accountable without giving them too much to do. Yeah. So yeah. So yep. thank you very much. So that's the executive energy solution. It's starting on Monday. Cool. But anyway, today we are going to talk about because obviously it's the summer holidays here, and is it summer holidays over there for you as well, Jeff? Uh, actually, schools are starting back up. Yeah. Oh, so really? the, okay. yeah, the school year is. Um, I don't keep up with it much since my kids are grown now, but I have I have clients who have kids and have clients who are teachers and that kind of thing, and so. Yeah, so we've been working out different different ways to um, get back into the swing of things. We're going to be talking today, I guess, about kind of what to do while you're on the holidays. But then, uh, you know, there's always then again the transition back from that yes. to, to that normal school schedule. So that's another transition. So it's a uh, kind of 
an important topic because I, I think it highlights a lot of the fact that our lives are never static. So no. coming up with a static plan of action for ourselves with our health and our fitness is not typically going to work very well, which is what most diets are. It's kind of a, you do this, you follow these rules, and it doesn't matter whether you're on vacation, whether school's starting up, whether there was a death in the family or whatever, you know, you you put your head down and grind forward and um, and that just doesn't work. <laughs> Exactly. And I think I um, did, I posted something earlier in the week about how, you know, probably your best diet probably doesn't have a name because that's exactly it. And it's about, and this is what we coach clients to do, isn't it? This is exactly what my program next week is going to do. It is obviously it's going to provide some structure. It's going to provide some principles, but it's about how people then apply those into their own life. And it's about having that flexibility. And whilst it is the holiday period, hopefully some of the things we're going to talk about today are actually just, you know, good things that we should be thinking about all of the time, you know, um, because like you said, life isn't static and okay, there's a transition now into holiday period, like myself, finding myself again, holiday period and in isolation. Um, but if we can find approaches, if we can just develop habits in the right places, then it should just, you know, and once we, the difficulty is, for many people, it's just getting those new habits established, isn't it? Yeah. A, I think this, it's twofold. It's A, finding the habits that are going to work for you that aren't necessarily prescriptive. Mm -hmm. And then B, getting those established, you know, really, really making them. And that's where the coaching can come in really, really handy because it helps you to dig deep to, obviously, we are evidence-based practitioners. So we know, you know, we, we understand, you know, the principles and the evidence base behind um, you know, the best nutrition principles, fitness principles, et cetera. But even we know that they're not going to necessarily suit everybody. And I was thinking about this earlier about how, you know, what is optimal? You know, something isn't optimal if it's not going to work for you. Something is only optimal if it's something you can be consistent with. And that might not be what everyone is telling you to do. Um, but if you can find something that you can be consistent with, and that's where, like I said, where we can help our clients to dig deep and find what is going to work, then it's about establishing that accountability to until those habits are established, feel part of your life, and then you're free to just get on with with things as you know, and, and you'll be able to deal with life and cope with life as it comes along. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's helpful too to to have that guidance for what habits to prioritize because a lot of times we we prioritize the wrong things. Yeah. Or And it's not that it's a wrong thing to do. It's not that it's not going to be helpful or beneficial, but sometimes we put too much effort into the things that aren't going to bring us the most benefit. And so we, we kind of, our, our, our focus is in the wrong place. We're not, we're not focused on low hanging fruit. We're focused on like minutia kinds of things and, and, uh, and things that aren't really going to bring us the, those big wins, those big gains in, um, in in improvements in our health and our fitness. And again, and again, and that is something that you know coaching can help with. It, it it's a it's a case of aligning your priority. Like you know, what are your priorities as as a person? What are your values? And if what you're trying to do doesn't align with those, that's where it becomes really tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Like, you know, it's like this is why a lot of people fall short. They'll be often they'll tell themselves, "I need to lose weight," or "Next year, I need to." Be able to fit into this dress. I was just talking to a client recently, and she said, "Every year I get on the plane, and I tell myself next year I'm going to have more room in my seat, and then the next year comes around and I haven't." And I'm like, "Yeah, because you know, just telling yourself you're going to have more room in the seat, just telling yourself you've got to lose weight, you know, you've got to dig deep and you've got to find out actually what are my priorities? How can I match my habits and my behaviours with those in a way that's going to be work and be sustainable?" Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. definitely agree with that. So let's get stuck into talking about then um, the holidays and that transition into a different way. And, you know, and I think, you know, we have over the last year and a half, all of us have had to deal with change. We have had to deal with a different way of living. We've had to adapt. We've had to find different ways. So, uh, you know, it's almost people are probably thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going into the summer holidays and, you know, but, you know, actually, I'm, I'm quite used to 
things changing and stuff. But, you know, it's still it's still is you just get into one way of doing things and then something crops up and you've got to get into another way. So I think I'm going to start with this, actually, because and this is from a personal perspective, because I think whilst it is a holiday period, I think people still need to take responsibility for their health. It's not about saying, okay, it's the holidays now. I'm just going to sack it off and I'm not going to worry. I don't think that's the best approach to take, is it? I think it's still important that, yes, you have a break. Yes, you have some time off. But also, you know, make sure that you are still paying attention to your, you know, to eating well, to exercising and stuff like that. Would you agree with that, Jack? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that if you if you aren't able to do that, then there may be something wrong with, with your general approach to your health and your nutrition. So if you feel like finally vacation, like I get to take a break from this, from this healthy eating, this, this way of living, then there may be something wrong with that because it, it, that it it shouldn't be such a huge burden when you're, um, when you're outside the holiday season or whenever, or, or, or when you're not on vacation and that kind of thing. Um, to stick to your plan, you know, if that's, if that's what it is and it, you may need some changes to your plan. It should be a much more natural transition where you are, where things change. And so you're, you're just going to make a few tweaks and adjustments to accommodate that. And, um, and I think that that's, that's really a different way of thinking. That's not the the typical mindset in, in, um, when you're talking to people who are really wrapped up in health and fitness. Yeah. Because it's you either on it or you're off it. Right. Yeah. And yeah, and like you say, when we, we, you know, we support clients to make sure that whatever they're doing does fit in, like I say, with those holiday periods, does fit in with, mm-hmm. with general life. And I think one of the things I want, because for me, um, not being able to get to the gym, being, you know, with the kids back with the kids again, with no childcare or anything mm-hmm. has, has been a, has definitely been a challenge. So one thing that I have done is I have still made sure that I am the times that I would normally exercise or go to the gym I've made sure that I've made you know done some uh, home workouts instead mm-hmm. you know and and I have been flexible with it because I haven't been able I haven't been running around every day as much I've been able to lay in bed a little bit longer so I haven't been setting my alarm at 6am to get up every morning to do it but it's like okay yeah. it's Friday I would normally go to the gym on Friday I'm going to find a home workout and I'm going to do a home workout at home because I'm going to keep that consistency going. I'm going to keep mm-hmm. that because it's going to help with my, you know, it's going to help with my mental well-being. It's going to help with my motivation, et cetera, because it would be really, really easy to just not do it. And I think this is the thing is that even when you're on holiday, this, you know, it's bizarre, actually, because even when I went, when I remember um, before, if I used to go on holiday, the thought of exercising, the thought of going to the holiday just filled me with dread it was like why would I want to do that on holiday you know I kill myself all the- whereas now it's funny because um I mean it's been a while since I've been on holiday but I remember the, the last um kind of big holiday we went on and I was in the gym like you know four <laughs> times a week or something in the mornings because it was just like but I you know it's it's something I love now it's something I enjoy yeah. and I, why would I not still want to do it when I'm on holiday it's yeah and I think this is the thing and most people are going oh but you're on holiday relax enjoy it you know it's like yeah, but you know, this is just my life now, and these are the, the habits that I've established. And you know, it, but oh, equally, if I'd have gone on holiday and I'd not wanted to, then fair enough. But for some reason, you know, because I was enjoying the gym and I didn't not want to do it for two weeks, I, I did it and I did it consistently. But I didn't tell myself before I went I would. It was, yeah. just, you know, whereas while I'm off, I have actually, you know, I've said to myself, I'm going to keep going on with things. But and I think that's the thing as well. It's about okay, take responsibility mm-hmm. so that you continue with things, but also as well, give yourself a break if you want to, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's important too that that we view like these short holidays where we go away for three or four days or a week, a, a little bit different than a holiday season, like around Christmas. Like in the US, it's kind of Thanksgiving to Christmas, this period of time where it it's just kind of one big holiday that sort of, merges into each other um or the summer holiday here you know where you have um either a few weeks or a few months or whatever um i think it's important that when you go into these longer periods to go ahead and try and do something that continues to sustain your existing habits because yeah. it's really easy to get out of the habit of going to the gym if that's something that is beneficial to you or getting out of the habit of of uh you know daily 
physical activity and movement and that kind of thing. If you if you get out of that habit that took you a little while to establish, it it can then be difficult to, uh, of course, get back into that habit again. Um, but again, not, you know, the short term versus the little bit longer term things, uh, I think are different. You know, you can take a, a week off. You know, I, I see people sometimes mention how they'll take four or five days off and then they they talk about how they established all these horrible habits. It's like you didn't establish horrible habits in five days, nice. uh, six days. Um, and so, you know, that mindset, I, I think, is is a little off. But but there's something to be said for continuing your habits through throughout these holiday periods. Yes. So, yeah. And obviously we've touched on exercise and fitness and stuff. And again, you know, I I've been doing home workouts because I go to the gym and mm-hmm. I like that, that structure and I like that challenge. But on the other hand, you know, if you, you know, it doesn't have to be, it's just again about, and I was talking about this on Tuesday, the first day I found myself in isolation um, and it kind of came out of nowhere. So, <laughs> and um, it was, I was talking to my group program and we were talking about exercise and movement. And funny enough, I'd been in isolation, like I said, that day, and I'd still managed to get like 12,000 steps. And I think I managed to get 19, 18 and a half thousand steps or something on one day, you know, and it's like, and people are like, how did you do that? And I'm like, because just because I'm at home, just because I'm in isolation doesn't mean I can't get up. Today's not been anything like that because I've been on calls this morning and then this. So, you know, but it's just about making sure that you're just getting up every hour and doing something like after this, I will get up and I'll move and I'll put some washing away or I'll do, you know, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's Mm -hmm. just, just, you know, it's just about being mindful about not because it would be so easy to just so even if it's not that you you know you might not want to do home workouts while you're while you're off in isolation like like you know but just making sure that you're just moving your body because yeah. we sleep too much of the time as it is so I think actually just being mindful to move your body more while you are in the you know while you are off I'm sorry I keep talking about it as in you know in isolation but I'm, I mean you know finding yourself because even even with if I wasn't in isolation, obviously with it being the school holidays, children being off, I would be mm-hmm. at home more anyway. So I would be having to think about, how, you know, I can't go to the gym as often or et cetera. But even so, you know, it is about just getting up and moving more or, you know, playing with the kids, going out, you know, getting the kids out in the garden, riding their bikes or whatever. Just, I think my point is just any way that you can get your body moving, even though you might not be able to get to the gym or you might not have as much time to yourself right now, I think is really important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And those are things that, and you talked a lot about being mindful of it. I think that that's an an important aspect of it is to be conscious of, of how much we're moving or that we, that we're moving. Um, I, I personally like, you know, I don't like a a lot of external control, but I do kind of like my, my Fitbit. It's just a, a nice reminder. Some people, it can be a nag kind of a thing where it's buzzing at them, telling them to get up and move. And, you know, there's something to be said for having something telling you that you need to move and stuff rather than just say kind of doing that more intuitively. But, um, you know, we're all different. And for me, I kind of like it. I kind of like to look down and see, you know, if I look down and I see that it's seven o'clock at night and I've moved 3000 steps, which is not completely uncommon. I mean, it's not typical, but there are days I, I think, you know, I'm, maybe I need to get up and move around and go do something, go for a walk uh, and that kind of thing. It's just kind of that general reminder that, oh, yeah, you really didn't move very much today. And, yeah, uh, that's an interesting topic, actually. And I think that's mm-hmm. maybe something we could delve into another time, actually, about Fitbits and trackers and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, for some people, they can be really useful. For other people, they can actually be. And I think some people don't realize that they can be limiting because I think. Yeah. If you tell yourself, right, you know, I need to make sure I get my 10,000 steps. And then as soon as you've got your 10,000 steps, you think, oh, great, I can relax now. Yeah. <laughs> bit, bit, you might end up doing more. And equally, yeah. have the opposite effect. Again, it's just about finding what works for you. But obviously, it's a great reminder for you. It's a great reminder for a lot of people. I think sometimes though, people associate it with, I've got one client that when she's having a bad time and she's feeling off it you know and it, mm-hmm. she's like oh I don't remember and then it's kind of like you associate your Fitbit with being on it or off it right and yeah but but I think I I as well often um ask get clients to set alarms so to oh, set huh? yeah. every hour to go get up and do a walk or something like that which can be really really helpful 
Yeah. Yeah. Until those habits are established. And that's kind of, yeah, exactly. uh, sometimes it's, it can be a, just a helpful tool to get the, get the habit in place to remind you. I mean, sometimes we'd have uh, reminders to tell us to eat because it's, it can be really easy to forget to eat, especially with some people. Um, you know, uh, some people have ADHD or, um, they have other, other issues, um, that, that caused them to just be unable to remember to do things on their own. And like, they literally will forget to eat and uh, they'll, so those reminders can be helpful like that. Yeah, definitely. And I'd be really interested if anybody who is watching um, would mind sharing how they like to keep active. Are you a gym person? Do you like to walk? Um, yeah. How do you incorporate movement into your day? And do you need any tips on how to, increase that at all again this is something that I'm going to be covering in my six-week program next week um, cool. we're going to be going into movement daily movement I'm also going to be going into planned exercise and all that kind of stuff so yeah so we'd love any comments or questions anybody has got on that we'd love to know how things are going for you um yeah and then of course moving on then to how can we stay I suppose on top of our eating over the holiday periods, would you say, Jeff? Yeah, that's always a that's always a harder thing too. When anytime, like like we said before, anytime that there's a change in your daily routine, it tends to make uh, make things a, a, a bit different. And if it, it kind of depends on what that holiday period, uh, how it impacts your schedule. So when I'm when I have have these periods of time like that, weekends, for example, I actually tend to be busier on those times doing things around the house. And uh, last weekend, I, I was doing a, a project out in the yard and I, I didn't go to the gym at all, but I ended up with over 100,000 steps in a three-day period. So I was averaging over 30,000 steps a day, building a patio in my backyard, which yeah. involved lifting uh, several hundred fifty pound bags of sand and a couple of hundred forty pound uh, pavers and and so it was a lot of a lot of that kind of thing and so um, so I think for for each of us hot that kind of these holiday periods or periods where where the the change occurs can look different so for some it could be sitting around the house doing doing less than what we normally do for other people it could be that we're actually outside more and more active and that kind of thing and so when it comes to um, outside. What's that? If you're allowed outside. Yeah, that's true. I'm in Texas. <laughs> we we pretty much do what we want, <laughs> but which is probably why our numbers are spiking huge right now. But that's another topic. Um, it is where we are. It is where we are locally. Yeah, it's it's a, a bit crazy here right now. Um, but um, but yeah. So with with the food, I think that it it's. It's something again. We have to be mindful of of how it's impacting us. So, if those holiday periods mean less activity, more time indoors, then we have to find ways to um, to try and stay away from the boredom eating type of thing. I think boredom eating can be a really difficult thing, and that and that's whether you are on a diet or whether you're an intuitive eater. It's a boredom eating can be one of those things that uh, can really derail you, and so yeah. Um, even my kids. Yep. Yeah. I just wanted to say, sorry, just to go back to Karen's just commented. It's walking for me both outside and inside using Rick Bruder. I've not heard of those. Rick yeah, Bula. I haven't heard of those either. But no. Um, but it's always good to have. I, I love it when people have have a um, kind of a program or something that they can follow that really excites them and, and keep, yeah. gets them motivated. Well, it'd be great if you could drop the link in the comments as well, Karen, because it'd be great to, to um, that'd be really useful to share as well. Um, please, if that's okay. But yeah, sorry, go on, go on, Jeff. You're talking about boredom eating. Oh yeah. So that that's one of the big ones that pops up to me. I mean, that's, um, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's like, if you're hungry, that's fine to eat and it's fine to eat if you're not hungry. But I think that it, it, when we start getting in the habit of, of eating when we're bored, that can really become a, a, an issue. Yes. And um, yeah. And even I've noticed that even just like I said, with my, even with the kids at home. So I've been kind of trying to educate them. They're like, mom, can I have something to eat? And it's like, you know, <laughs> well, obviously we have, the I mean, I must admit, sticking to a structure at the minute is, is difficult. Um, yeah, even trying to keep them 
away from screen time is difficult at the minute. I'm not going to lie. I am struggling a little bit. But um, yeah, even just I try and talk them through. I'm trying to talk to them about it as well and be like, you know, really, you just want to eat now because you've got nothing else to do. Let's try and do something else. Let's try and um, get. Thank you, Karen. Thank you very much. Let's, you know, let's let's play a game. Let's do something else. And then if they don't ask again in the next five minutes, you know, it is just boredom eating. And that is a great strategy as well. Um, so I'm using the coaching strategies I use with my clients. <laughs> with my kids. So, and that's what exactly what we would say, isn't it, to clients is if you, if that urge to eat comes along, you know, just check in with yourself. And if you're not sure, do something else for five minutes. And then if, if the urge passes, then, you know, it was just a gut reaction. It, it was just, you know, it was just boredom. It was just an emotion. Um, and you know you can move on from it. Whereas if it continues, then yeah, then honor it. Honor honor your want to, you know, that that want to eat something. But sometimes just taking that five minute, and then also as well, it means that you are being mindful about that decision. So if you do decide to eat, even though you know it is because you're not hungry, it's just because of boredom or whatever. If you've taken a pause, you're being mindful and you're more in charge of that decision. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's fine. You know, if you do eat when you're bored. Um, actually making the decision based on that acknowledging yes i'm just bored <laughs> but yes i kind of feel like having something a little sweet right now and actually consciously making that decision can can really help because i think it's those unconscious times that we do it or where we uh where we we don't really know why it is that we're we're doing it i think those are the things that that definitely make it difficult to to Eat, eat and move and, and live in a way that's going to be beneficial for our bodies. Yeah. And I also think as well that if you are more, in, if you're in charge of the decision, you, mm -hmm. there's less chance that you're going to give yourself a hard time or beat yourself up about it. Yeah. Do you agree yeah. with that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And oh, uh, Karen, Karen made a good comment there, which uh, I think is a really good one. This, this is an interesting topic. So she said, sometimes you need water instead of food. And what well, question mark? So asking that question. So what what are your thoughts on that? Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> where do I go with this one? I've, I've posted about this. I've done a video about this actually. The thing is, is that if you're struggling to know whether you're thirsty or you're hungry, then there is some work to be done really, because your body knows if if you know your body does know. Morning, Thomas. Hey Thomas. Your body does know if you're hungry or you're thirsty and your body will communicate with you in different ways to tell you whether you need water or you need food. Now, if you're confusing the two, if you're not sure, and this is, again, something that diet culture, you know, it will tell you, oh, you're not hungry, you're just thirsty. But actually, your body is, if, if you're not sure, there's two things. It's, you know, it's either you've been really immersed in diet culture and are listening to those um, inaccurate I suppose, suggestions that it might be thirst instead of hunger. And the second thing is, is that you've, you, the chances are that you've become disconnected with how your body is communicating with you. And this is something that I work on, you know, depending on my client, obviously, but particularly in my group programs. So in my group program, and actually I've got some spaces coming up for that as well in September, in my um, frustrated to flattered group program, one of the first things we do is help you to get back in touch with your own interoceptive awareness so how your body is communicating with you and not just in terms of it telling you when you need the toilet I mean in terms of it telling you when you need a drink or when you need food that's another one when you need the yeah, yeah. <laughs> so also in terms of when your body's communicating with you when you're stressed when you're tired when you're hungry when you're full all those kind of things so very often people have lost that intuition and being able to rebuild that means that you'll be a lot clearer about whether or not you're hungry or whether or not you're thirsty because they are two very different things. It's a little bit like going for a number one or a number two. Yeah, you know the yeah. difference. Yeah, and it should be the same with thirst and hunger. Would you agree? Yeah, with that? yeah, definitely. And I think, and, and that's such a common fitness hack trick yeah. that that um, it, I mean, it's it's just promoted everywhere that if you're hungry. Um, then just, you know, if you think that you're hungry, go, go get a drink of water. Cause, um, you know, it, it your body may tell you that you're just thirsty uh, mm -hmm. when it's, when you feel hungry. And it's exactly what you were saying is that hunger and thirst are two completely different feelings, yes. but we often, because of that disconnect, 
we can't tell the difference between the two because I mean, there is some similarity in certain cases, I guess. Um, um, but, but yeah, that, uh, and, and it's also interesting that, that we often are told to use these little hacks, like in, if you're hungry, get something to drink and that will, yeah. that'll knock out the, that hunger. And it's like, well, well, yeah, I mean, the drinking something does stretch your stomach, which does cut off the ghrelin uh, or the release of ghrelin, which is that hunger hormone. Um, and so, but, but it's very temporary. It just, it, there's only one, that's only one piece of hunger and it will come back as soon as the water goes out of your stomach, which yeah. is pretty quickly. And so, so yeah, it's a little hack that lasts for a few minutes, but it doesn't deal with that underlying issue. And if you keep right. trying to, it's just like, if you keep trying to hold it in when you need to pee, I mean, at some point it's going to come out anyway and it gets really uncomfortable. Exactly. And the thing is as well, it's like, yeah, so you've got the hat of drinking when you're hungry okay and yeah. then there's the whole um chew chewing gum because you're not really mm -hmm. hungry. have a coke or have coffee the amount of people i know that go all morning just drinking coffee because they're trying to suppress hunger because they're trying mm -hmm. to skip breakfast but the thing is it, it backfires like you said you can stick a sticking plaster over it you can try and because caffeine will suppress your appetite for a certain amount of time but then you know it will come back tenfold and you'll end up you know this is when we then feel out of control with food because right. our biological hunger kick in and we've not recognized it coming because we're so out of touch with our bodies because of diet rules. And I mean, don't get me wrong. And I've spoken about this so many times, you know, it's, it's so ingrained in our culture, isn't it? To almost not listen to our bodies, to not trust our bodies. Like mm -hmm. I was talking about before when a newborn baby, how many times have you done that? Oh, come on with the airplane and, you know, eat your food, finish the food that mommy's made you. And they sit there with their lips pursed tight shut. Because their body's telling them, I've had enough food now, thank you. They trust their bodies completely at that point. But we're there as their caregivers saying, you haven't eaten enough, you haven't eaten enough. Here, have some more. Yeah, so we're, we're teaching babies even to yeah. not listen to their internal signals. And so it's not just whether, you know, it's not just because you've maybe been on diets. It's also sometimes the cultures and the messages, the culture that we live in and the messaging that we've been receiving, receiving subliminally. Our parents obviously always try to do their best but obviously mm -hmm. when there's victim messages in the media from our gps sorry to say it um you know from the healthcare systems etc it can be it can become very very confusing so this is why i know you take the same approach as me jeff you work with that individual client in front of you you've got no agenda you've got no one size fits all you work with that client in front of you you dig deep and you try and find out what's going on for them what how their how things work for them what makes and and, and I guess we're not doing it for them, are we? We're, we're helping them to understand that because when you are listening to your body, when you're letting your body guide you and you're integrating, don't get me wrong, we do integrate, you know, sound nutrition principles within what we're saying, but it's in a way that feels natural and comfortable. The amount of clients that say to me, well, this is easy. I feel really, or in the beginning, it's quite difficult, I think, sometimes mm -hmm. to make that mindset shift of what, well, I don't have to follow a diet plan. You know, and I, this is, and but then soon it becomes second nature. And the amount of clients that say to me, I feel so relaxed. I feel when I look at people now that are following external rules, it just makes me cringe, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I just, sorry, I've gone right off on one. But that was a <laughs> great question, Karen, because you, you opened a can of worms. Yeah. Well, I'll just add to that too, about the hunger and the, and the thirst and, and this is something that that we both often work with clients on is to help them identify the different signals in their body for different things that their body is telling them that it needs. And hunger is one of those. And and often, yeah, we just think of hunger as, well, if my stomach isn't growling, then I'm not hungry. And so if I can do something, if my stomach's growling, I can do something to make my stomach not growl, then I've knocked out the hunger and and I can push through. The problem is, is that there's so many other things that our bodies do when we're hungry, um, not just the growling of the stomach and drinking water might knock or, or diet soda or something might knock out the growling in your stomach temporarily, but it doesn't deal with the other issues like the, the mental acuity, you know, your, your brain fog, which is yeah. that comes up. Um, I know me when I don't eat enough, um, I get anxious and issues that, that I've dealt with. 
um, related to anxiety and those kinds of things. You know, those aren't major issues in my life, but they're things that have have come up at different times uh, based on different things I've gone through. Um, those things tend to I, I will feel anxious and, and even anxiety or depression might set in in for for no particular reason. Uh, and and then when you start to recognize that those are other signs of hunger for you as an individual, because all of us are different. Some people that doesn't happen. Some people get shaky. Some people get fatigued or sleepy, that kind of thing. So all of those different things, it's good to be able to. Yeah, I have one client who gets like neck ache. Oh, yeah. Yep, exactly. And so when you can identify those, then you can um, you can better distinguish between am I thirsty? Am I hungry? Because a headache, for example, can be because you're thirsty, but it can also be because you are hungry. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's but there's other there's other factors and it's good to be able to tune into those so you can really identify what it is your body needs. Definitely. Definitely. And that does kind of bring me on. You're very welcome, Karen. If you've got any more questions or anybody else, you know, wants to elaborate on that. I know it's something that I do get asked a lot um, yeah. and people find it hard to get their head around because it's one of those things that's become a truth because it's been said so many yeah. times, isn't it? Yeah. That, like, carbs are bad and you're going to gain weight if you eat carbs. You know, it's yeah. one of those truths that everyone's just accepted to believe. They've heard it that many times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If, you, if there are any other um, truths that anybody wants to throw in there that we can hopefully dispel, I mean, we <laughs> myth busting, don't we, around nutrition, Jeff? Yeah. So, um, yeah. If you've got any other things that you would like to know whether or not they are scientifically sound, then please do comment. Um, but yeah, and and I think that does tie in nicely with just going back to what we were talking about because I think also in terms of boredom meeting, in terms mm -hmm. of managing hunger and in terms of just making sure that your nutrition is kind of a priority during you know when, when, when life is maybe not um quite as like like in the holiday times when it's a little bit more fluid I think just paying attention to making sure one of the one things that I always I mean I, this is something that I talk about all the time anyway with clients whether it's holiday period or not but I think it, during, even during the holiday period paying attention as much as possible to having three balanced meals a day, including breakfast. Don't be skipping your breakfast. Don't be thinking, oh, I'm laying in a little bit later. I'm gonna, it's so tempting to then just think I'm gonna skip breakfast. But trust me, it will catch up with you. So I think one of the things that I always say is just try and make sure that you're focusing on simply getting three balanced meals a day. Um, and that can help you to manage your hunger. It will help you to get, if your body is trusting you, because this is one of the things we talk about. People say to me, well, how do, I, how do I start listening to my body again? How do I understand these signals? Well, it's about rebuilding trust. And if you're feeding your body regularly with a, with a good balance of macronutrients, your body will begin to trust you again. You will trust your body again. And that's how it, you know, that's how it all. So, well, a lot of the work that we do is around getting people to begin listening to their body again, doing lots of, I know I do lots of CBT based stuff as well, but it's also about making sure you've got that structure. You've got that, you know, you're making sure that you're fueling your body properly because if you're not doing that, then it's really, really hard to begin to listen to your body. Would you agree, Jeff? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of, of that structure in our eating. And I know that, uh, you know, within intuitive eating, there's a little that that's a, a common thing is to make sure you're feeding yourself regularly. Um, the structure is a little bit le less important. But in yeah. the Ellen Satter material that we both also like to use with, with children and there and it's also something that can be used with adults, that that structure is actually one of the key components. And I think that I personally like that structural aspect of it where you have a you you prioritize it. You you schedule those meal times. If if you're not hungry, then don't eat at, at that time. But but having that structure can really help keep you from falling into those habits. Like myself, in particular, I I can easily graze all day long, nonstop. And so for me, having a a set structure where I get up in the morning and I eat breakfast within a particular amount of time. You know, it's not a rule. I. It, if I don't eat until eight o'clock or nine o'clock, it's not that big of a deal. But in general, I eat in the morning, I eat around middle of the day, I eat at night, and then I eat, make sure I get a snack in the morning and a snack in the evening and a snack in the afternoon. And that, you know, that struck prioritizing that structure can really help. And it helps me too when I go on 
vacations and when it's a, a holiday period too. So having that structure then keeps me from grazing too much during uh, holiday times when maybe I'm home and, and I'm bored. It's just a gentle reminder. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm home now more so than, than normal. Um, am I going to grab something at nine o'clock in the morning when I just ate at eight o'clock? It's that good time to remind me, hey, am I really hungry? No, I guess I'm not. I'm just kind of bored. So I'm going to go find something to do. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting point that you pointed out there about obviously the intuitive eating is not a huge proponent um, of structure, whereas the Ellen Satter stuff is. And, and I think for me, you know, for, for most clients, when they come to me, um, they do need that structure. Mm-hmm. And you can't go from literally being kind of, you know, um, sorry, I don't know if you can hear Luca there, he's in the background, <laughs> gaming with his friends. But yeah, um, you can't go from literally being stuck in diet culture, listening to diet rules, etc., completely being out of your body to suddenly being an intuitive eater. Right. And, you know, it comes back to me, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's simple. It, it makes sense. You know, I'm a teacher originally by trade mm-hmm. yeah, um, before I went into nutrition. And for me, the way that we teach is that we meet children in their zone of proximal development. So what I mean by that is we give them the scaffold. We provide the scaffold until they are then able to be independent. Mm-hmm. And this is what I'm always working on with clients. I'm providing that scaffold. I'm helping them with that structure. Once they've really, really, and like what you said there, having that structure then and then even I would say, I would, I mean, I'm going to throw this out there, Jeff, and you may disagree with me, but I would even say in the beginning to clients, even if you don't feel hungry at your planned meal time, I would still suggest having something because the chances are in the early days, you're not in oh, tune yeah. with your hunger and your fullness. But then as you begin to rebuild that trust, as you begin to develop that skill, you can take the scaffold away a little bit and you can become more intuitive. Yeah. So I'll say that I'm similar to you in that I, I, I do have structure. I do have routine. I've got two young boys. It's important and it's important for them to help them develop trust in their bodies. But again, like you, you know, I will listen to my hunger and my fullness because I've developed that skill and I can do that. It took me a long time to develop that. Yeah. You know, I've, I've struggled with my eating. You know, I've been open about this before having children. So, you know, I, I've been through the journey that my clients are going through. But yeah, now I'm able to be more fluid with that. But I do suggest, so, so yeah, I, I, so whilst I completely take on board the intuitive approach, mm-hmm. I think it's unrealistic to expect people to go from A to B without that scaffold. Yeah, I think it's, it, it, for most people, I think it, it helps to have that, that structure, that scaffold, as you, as you described there, because um, we, we, we like routine. We like to know what it is that, that, that um, that's expected the um, kind of just it just helps us to to navigate our days to have some kind of structure I mean it's really difficult when it's just a free for all free form um, and and even you know you see this with our with our clients when we're not giving them a a even a rule-based diet to follow even that that um, amount of of less structure can be scary for them because they're like tell me what i'm supposed to do exactly and it and we're we're not telling them exactly um and so you can really see how how um how people really do like that structure and and kind of thrive with it to a degree uh of course it can it, there's a fine line between structure and then and then rules so again it's kind of a um well, a, I- like you were saying it's a good starting point because it does it helps us to to identify well it helps to make sure that we're taking care of those things throughout the day and then as we're doing that then we can begin to to start to recognize hey was i really hungry when i ate that today or how hungry am i going into this particular meal and and that kind of thing and that again is another piece of work you mm-hmm. know around hunger yeah. and fullness and, and all that kind of stuff but i think um yeah, and um, oh, I was going to make a point there then about what you said. Oh, yeah, and I, I like you talked about rules and stuff, and I think I like to talk about it as in, you know, respect rather than rules, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about, and again, it's about letting your body be in charge rather than trying to be in control. Yeah. Because that's and it, very, very subtle changes in language. But as we all know, I'll say, well, as we all know, but, you know, 
the way that we talk, the language that we use has such a powerful impact. I said something recently to my coach. Can't remember what it was, but I said something and she went, don't say that because you will begin to internalize that. So, you know, it's the language when we say things over and over again, language that we mm-hmm. use again. I've had it this morning with one of my clients. She's going for a really tough time. Best time to coach. Sorry, I love it. <laughs> Sorry, but that's what, we, you know, I love coaching through the difficult times. That's what we're here yeah. for. Um, you know, and because I love a challenge. And, um, but bless her, you know, we're, we're going to get her through it. But, you know, some of the negative talk that she was coming out with, oh, I'm just this, I'm just that. And I'm like, you know, how helpful is that? The more that you talk like that, the more you're going to keep yourself stuck. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's going off on a tangent again, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I am mindful of time. And I know because the other thing, I think there was quite a few, I mean, I think I've touched on some things um, about making sure that you're eating regularly, having a balance, because if you skip meals or scrimp on meals, it will catch up with you. If you're someone who struggles in the evenings with overeating, with binge eating, then the chances are there's something going wrong during the day. Mm-hmm. And um, I did just want to touch upon this idea of balanced meals because I don't always think I talk about balanced meals and I don't always think people understand necessarily what I'm talking about I think people think oh a balanced meal means lots and lots of veg and lots of lean protein Mm -hmm. Um, but it's 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 more than that isn't it Jeff what would a yeah yeah. no leave it that I'm going to be in in a minute no not in a minute wait for me to come out Get out, please. Wait for me. No, please. <laughs> he's starving, right? I've just, yeah. I've just, he's just had lunch. I've just left him before we started this with some chocolate chip ice cream. He had his lunch, and it's funny actually. I took a photo because I gave him his lunch, which was his uh, right uh-huh. lunch. And you'll love this, Jeff. And his bowl of ice cream at the same time. I was like, have what you want when you want. Funny enough, <laughs> you have the rice before the ice cream because I didn't start early enough I don't think on that yeah. I was going to say he just ate the ice cream right Did, he threw the rest he threw the other food out right no nope. uh, can't possibly work he sat there <laughs> and he said to myself he said he actually dipped his uh, rice in his ice cream at one point um, <laughs> he, he was like oh, I've got to finish my rice I've got to finish my rice so yeah yeah I know yeah exactly you think that's what people are afraid of isn't it people are afraid yeah. if you offer dessert at the same time as a the meal they're just going to eat the dessert and not the meal but it doesn't yeah no. so <laughs> That's evidence. That's proof that it doesn't. Yes. But anyway, he's definitely not starving right now. <laughs> <laughs> he can wait. Sorry, what was I talking about though? Oh yes. So what does balance? What does a balanced meal mean? Yeah, um, I I think balanced meal means that ice cream is part of it. <laughs> um, yes. um, yeah. No, I, I think really the important the importance with with the balance for me anyway is including some of each of the macros, and part of that comes from my understanding of how the macros work. So my engineering mind likes to think in, in those terms. And, and so that's how I tend to apply it. But the, the balance means that you're, you're making sure that each of those macros are represented, if you can, if possible, um, without overthinking it or anything. And because we understand that the carbs tend to impact us in one way and they're a little quicker energy and that protein tends to be a little bit more sustaining uh, and fat is one that that slows down our gastric emptying, and again, it's more sustaining. And so, when you combine those three and with balance, then you have a nice sustaining meal that's going to carry you over until the next time that you're going to eat. So you don't run into those issues of of um, well, if if it's all sugar, then you get that that spike, and then you get the drop, and you may kind of feel um, fatigued later because that it doesn't sustain you very long. You may feel hungry very soon after again because it's not sustaining very long and so you know just but that doesn't mean carbs are bad as you see there carbs have a a really powerful benefit in that eating it it impacts our appetite and our satiety right away and they're the, they're the primary fuel right and so so that's that's how i think of balance so some people think of balance as you know not too much of this not too much of that uh, make sure that I'm getting plenty of vegetables, make sure I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm not getting too much sugar, uh, that kind of thing. And I kind of, I, I kind of flip it around and think more in terms of the positive, uh, kind of a positive way of approaching it as uh, more, what do I need to make sure that I include in the meal so that it, it has that beneficial effect? 
And I love that because I think, again, balance, again, is a term that has been, I can say this, but I think bastardized often by diet culture. Moderation, another word that... that Everything in moderation, everything in... You know, what does moderation and balance mean? Well, balance, balance and moderation are really, really difficult to achieve if you are restricting, if you're living right. rules, because moderation and balance looks different to everybody. And balance, you know, again, balance isn't about how speaking to a new client and she was talking, I need balance. I know I need balance. And I'm like, well, what? And I said, so what does balance mean? What does that mean to you? She goes, oh, well, only having, only having bread twice a week. So immediately her interpretation of balance is I've got to restrict food. Right. I've got to eliminate food. And this is why people are struggling because they're completely misunderstanding what balance and moderation means. But you can understand why, because we're mm-hmm. constantly having it rammed down our neck that in order to have balance, you need to not eat bread or not eat too much bread or not eat rice or pasta. And that's not the true sense of the word. And this is why people are struggling. And like you said, it's about balance is about making sure that you are. What, what is it you need to add? What is it you, that you need to include? What mm-hmm. is your thing? And the, th- and the best thing is, and I think I, spoke, I might have even spoke about this um, last week or the week before, about how it doesn't, and whilst we talk about aiming for free balanced meals a day, I think that is, you know, that's the ultimate goal. I would always say, don't don't sweat it if you only get two meals, balanced meals a day, or don't sweat it if one day you don't get any balanced meals. You right. know, it's, it's, it's okay, because actually, um, you know, over the course of a week, Studies have shown that when you eat intuitively, you will get everything that your your body needs. Mm-hmm. Um, Karen, oh, have you read Split Your Plate into Three? Potatoes, meat, and vegetables is what we've been taught. So what are your thoughts on the... Um, I, I kind of get the sentiment with that, and it, it, does, uh, it, it does align with the kind of the dietary guidelines. Um, you know, that whole my plate thing, it, it, it is, it's a way of of sort of putting a little bit more of a, of a concrete picture of what the dietary guidelines are telling us. So is that beneficial to eat, you know, to make sure that there's a, you know, a a particular portion of your plate is protein and a particular portion is vegetables and a particular portion is, um, is starchy carbs. Um, Yes. I mean, that, that's, that's sort of the optimal, uh, a way of aligning with the dietary guidelines. The problem I have with it is that you don't need that at each meal. And I think it's really easy for that to become a rule to yes. where you think that every meal has to be that way. Um, one of the interesting things with our bodies is that we don't have to eat protein at every meal, for example. Um, I mean, I think you should just because uh, like of the benefits I mentioned earlier, but our body has a way of taking the amino acids from the protein and pooling them and it can use them later on for any of the building blocks that it needs. Now, am I talking about optimal for an elite athlete or a bodybuilder? No, that's a whole different story. Are there benefits to eating a X amount of protein at, at a meal and for certain people in certain cases? Yes. But in general, most of us would benefit from not worrying too much about that. And I think that that, that whole, like I said, that's a great way of visualizing what the dietary guidelines are. But if you're fixated on that at a meal to meal basis, then I think it can become a problem. You know, over the course of a week, if on average, you're, if you were to take all of your food for an entire week and put it on one big plate in that way, if it looks like that, then that's probably a a good way for it to look, but it doesn't have to be that way. Every meal to meal, snack to snack kind of a thing. No. And again, I, it's funny because again, I think that you know we're teaching children this in schools as well, and like mm-hmm. I said, it it is again it's teaching teaching us to listen to external. Luca, can you move out of there, please, darling? Sorry, one second. Luca, <laughs> can you move out of there, darling, or be a bit quieter? Be quieter, then, please. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so yes. Um, sorry. Yeah. It, anyway, it's it's life. It's real life. Um, yeah, again, if we are teaching the my plate, like you said, then it's about what we really should be teaching is, again, is about teaching people to listen to their bodies and to, you know, look at look at what. So what I try to do with clients is actually get them to actually look at what they're eating over the course mm-hmm. of a week. So I often get them to do a bit of a food diary to see, OK, 
how what are you eating over the course of the week how much protein how much fiber how much um how much carbohydrates how much fats and then we can kind of see where the gaps are and we can start to then incorporate the things that are missing whereas and like i said when we're teaching children as well to listen to external rules rather than let their bodies guide them that's where we fall short again now don't get me wrong as a parent or as a caregiver or as a teacher yes we should be offering our children all of these foods we should be offering yeah. variety so every meal i will make sure I say every meal, not every meal, because I'm not superwoman. But most meals, I would try and consider fat source, a protein source, a carbohydrate source, um, fruit and vegetable format with my children. Doesn't yeah. always happen, but I try to do that. And then they then decide what they're going to eat. Rather than me saying, you've got to make sure you have some carbs, fats, protein. They decide because they're letting your body guide you is the best way. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, and I think using... I think from um, from a practical standpoint, as a parent, using that my plate mentality as we're planning out a meal of what we're going to be offering is not necessarily a bad thing. Because like I said, it, it is a way of of kind of pulling together all of the dietary guidelines for the vitamins and minerals and nutrients that we all need in our bodies to function well. Um, but the problem is, is a lot of us parents think that if they if at one meal their plate ends up being three fourths of one of those things and doesn't look like the my plate, <laughs> then yeah. that's the problem. So when we think about what we're offering, yes, offer the vegetables like you're talking about for that one portion, the the potatoes or other starchy carbs, the protein, you know, the fat and offering those things, but just understanding that while we're thinking in terms of that, of that separation, that my plate concept and idea in our head, don't expect your kids to eat that way every meal or yourself even yourself to eat that way every meal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the other day I, um, a good example was this last weekend. Um, when I did this, this big project outside, um, for one of my meals, I ate a pork chop and I had, you know, some veggies, not very much, but because of the energy that I expended that day, I knew I had expended between five and 6,000 calories. And that I needed a lot of energy to uh, to replenish because I hadn't eaten also very much during the day because it was almost 100 degrees outside and I was outside the whole time. I just did not feel like eating anything. So I had six cups of of rice with dinner, um, six or seven or I don't know. It was heaping spoonfuls of rice. I ate a ton of it, but I did that because of of what I I know I needed for my body. So yeah. if you looked at the my plate, it would have been, you know, if you had put it all on the plate, it would have been all rice, a little bit of protein. <laughs> and that was, you know, basically it. Uh, but that's what my body needed. And I knew that. And my body was also very much craving that. Yeah. And so, again, just understanding that, yeah, it doesn't need to look like that each time. No, and understanding as well, not just giving rules and guidelines without mm -hmm. any education. Yeah. You know, and again, finding ways that, you know, so it's not as if, you know, we understand, I understand where it's coming from. And, you know, and there are, but I think, again, it's about a, a just for me, I think, and it's the same in schools. Um, it's about how we're packaging up the messages. Yeah. And rather than trying to create rules, rather than trying to scaremonger, I think, you know, we need to be teaching people to respect, to listen, mm -hmm. to be able to navigate the food environment without feeling restricted. Um, yeah. And that's the other reason as well why structure is really, really important because, you know, our ancestors, cavemen, whatever, they didn't have the environment that we've got right now. And they could right. probably, to be quite honest, you know, I don't think, you know, fasting was a thing was, you know, would have been quite common in those days because food would come, you'd have to have a big meal and then you wouldn't be able to eat for a while. Mm -hmm. But that's just, this is another thing. And this is, and again, this is another topic because I know a lot of people, um, you know, really rave about intermittent fasting and stuff like that and the health benefits. And yeah, you know, there has, there's been some really positive research to show because, you know, when you think about it genetically, we're used to going long periods without food and, and what have you. But, you know, we're not living in those times anymore. We're living in an environment that we've got to navigate. And, you know, we're going to have feelings of hunger that aren't physical, they're emotional. And, 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 you know, it's just times have changed, haven't they? I think is yeah. and what, what we may feel is, 
you know, most appropriate or, you know, what the science says and how that integrates with our everyday lives and the environment we're living in can often be very different. And I think mm-hmm. that's something we often miss. Yeah. Anyway, um, you're very welcome, Karen. Thank you very, very much for... Yeah, please- thank you for, for your questions and, and comments. And please do share. Anybody who is watching, you know, the more people that we can reach with these lives, the better. I mean, I'm so pleased you said you've learned a lot here, Karen. Our work here is done today. But <laughs> if you have, then do share this because the more people we can reach, the better. You know, we like we go live every Friday. So, um, you know, we'd love to answer more and more questions. So, Karen, please do share it. Anybody else who's watching, Suresh, Natasha, um, Matthew, Thomas, please do um, share share this stream so that we can reach more people. If you are watching afterwards, please hashtag replay, say hello, ask any questions, please. Again, share it if you're, if you're watching the recording as well, but just please, you know, if we if you've liked what we've said, if we've, you know, provided value for you, then please do spread the word so we can reach more people. Thank you, Thomas. Same applies to you. Make sure you share it on. Um, Yeah. So, Anyway, anything else to add there before we wrap it up, Jeff? And I go and do it. No, my- I think that was. Yeah. <laughs> I've just had some flowers delivered. That's why the Oh, thing. nice. Yes. I'm going to go and, nice. and sort those out before my next meeting at two o'clock. Yeah. Um, so that's cleared me up a little bit. Thank you, Karen. Um, so, yeah, anything else to add there before we finish, Jeff? No, just hope you all have a great weekend. Yes. Yes. And you too. The sun is shining here again. I'm going to have a great weekend stuck in the house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeff. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.